Hello and welcome to episode 269 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello Colin, Hello. Doing, I'm just making a point, we're doing this on Skype for the first time ever, this will be interesting. You've discovered emoticons, which is a bit uh, one. <laughs> um, as an old man, I'm a bit concerned, but we can do with them. Um, yeah, so if this doesn't sound quite as diff- the same as it normally does, that's because we're using a different recalling device, so yeah. hopefully it works okay. We embrace technology here at Three Bears, we don't... We embrace Skype, we embrace... something's been out for the last decade. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it's nice to try something. It's different, isn't it? It feels more. It's, it's a kind of. It's nice to see a different. I know it's strange, but you become accustomed to seeing the same view week after week, and this sure. is it's quite different. Do you know what I mean? So that's quite kind of. Like, oh, this this looks a bit weird. And, and, really, the only reason to do it is because it doesn't cut you off after forty five minutes. That's why <laughs> yeah. we're using it. There's no other reason. Whatever, too cheap to pay for a business license. So yeah, of course, got, this this thing should not cost us more money than it actually has to. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> you've been very excited to tell me what beer you're drinking, but. Um, We'll let you lead up to that. I will tell you what I'm drinking first. Okay. okay. What are you I'm drinking sir? one called um, from the Loch Ness Brewery, and it's called Light Ness. Mm. So it's a session I session pale, session pale ale, 3.8%. Very very soft in many ways, but very nice. Yeah, very, very. I think I've had quite a few of the Loch Lomond ones before. I don't know if I've had that one, but they do Loch Ness, make. Not Loch Lomond. Loch, sorry, Loch Ness. Yeah, they do make. It's, it's drinkable. The, the yes. beers are drinkable. That's that's a nice one. Um, I'm going. I'm going to up the ante slightly tonight. Okay, um, what tonight? So Lorraine, being being the kind, thoughtful person she was, was out in the West End last week, and she stumbled into a fancy beer shop and bought me a okay. couple of cans of beer. Came home right. and proudly announced, "I've got cans of beer." Um, one of these cans of beer is called Sweetheart Stout. No, Siren. That looks nice. From a brewer called Green Cheap Beer Company. That's nice. I'm going to give you three attempts to guess how strong this is. For you? Is this something that one is like 9.5 or something? No. Higher or lower? Higher. 13.2. Lower. 11.7. This is 11.1%. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, th- there is the potential that the podcast may not get finished tonight. <laughs> Could, yeah. How many you got then? One or two? Uh, just, just one. Uh, she got it in the bargain basement. She didn't realise how strong it was, so she just thought she just got me a nice can of beer, like in a usual four nice, five nice percent label on it. You know, it looks yeah, all, yeah. That, this shit very like, um, avatar-y with the kind of blo- the colours. Yeah, th- this is a bottle of wine in a can. Um, yeah, so that's I, too much. I, I couldn't drink that. Is it a big can or just a normal size can? It's it's quite a big can as well. Yeah, it's not a it's not a Coca Cola can. It's like a big no, yeah, can. Lo- kind of long can. So uh, yeah. I've got reservations about this, but I'm going to do it um do we have um some sort of um give a quick dial to the police on standby just in case you need to get I'm arrested just this? hoping you shout very loudly if you see anything <laughs> into what's happening um <laughs> but I'll, I'll i'll give it a try i just hope it's not one of these because these strong alcohol ones a lot of the time it's just it's like alcohol think, you take yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping there's a bit more flavor to it than I, may, that. I may have to always cover up the flavor i'll cover up the alcohol with flavor so it could actually be a yeah, bit dangerous so we'll, in that we'll respect give it a try and uh We'll, we'll see how we fare over hey. the next 30 minutes or so. <laughs> Give it a sip, tell me what it tastes like. Oh, okay. See what it's like. I'm very intrigued by it, what it's like. Oh, you can taste the alcohol. It, right, it's, okay. a, it's a really kind of dark, you know, that dark, dark tasting beers you get? Yeah. It's a very dark, dark tasting where the alcohol just comes through and sits in the back of your throat. Um, so I'm sure my tongue will adjust. Yes. Where's <laughs> it from? It's, it's Siren, it's from the Green... Uh, it's from the Green Cheek Beer Company. Green Cheek Beer Company. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of them before, so no. we'll have to do an investigation on them. And it's quite a pretty can as well, like kind of mm-hmm. blue and green and it's kind of siren looking, I guess. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, fucking 11% is 
absolutely bonkers. Did you buy um, other ones or just this one beer to come home with? She got me another one as well, but um, I suspect that this will be enough for me for tonight. Um, you can keep another one for the next week. I'm working tomorrow, so... Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I'm, I'm quite worried about... about Because you know me, two cans of beer and I tend to get this in my head. Um, yeah, one, one can of this could... Um, <laughs> That's essentially five cans of beer drinking right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a small man, it's a big can, but we'll, we'll, we'll soldier on. And there we go. <laughs> anyway, so, what have you been watching at home? Anything of interest you want to talk about? Mm. What's that? Lord of the Rings, what do you think of the Lord new... The, um, have, are you up to date with it? Yes, I've watched the most yeah, recent Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the most recent one. So, the most recent one was just kind of the aftermath of, of the big battle. Yeah. Um, Basically establishing Mordor. Um, I, yeah. I quite enjoyed the, the pace of that one. It wasn't as slow as the, the you know, the kind of really talky ones. It wasn't many battles and stuff like that but it you know kind of took you along nicely and it's just building towards you know a kind of big battle and stuff like that it wasn't as big a drop you could get with like remember like on lord of the ring not lord of the rings game of thrones you'd get like the big penultimate episode with a big a big massive penultimate episode mm. and the one after that would close not with a bit of a downer you'd be kind of yeah. watching it it yeah. wasn't as, it was a drop off because obviously it's not quite getting scale of the last one but yeah. it still was enjoyable through it. i like the stuff yeah. with um, uh, durin and elrond i thought that was yeah really it was nice to see them, nice to see them back in it and um it was nice to see the hobbits as well. The hobbits, although they are, they are teasing, it's probably the worst element of it, but they do bring a bit of kind of fun that it needs, do you know what I mean? Because it is quite kind serious of. and they do light up a wee bit. I do find myself checking out though when the hobbits wander onto camera. Yeah, yeah, they need to. Well, they're kind of branching off. Now. They're, they're doing a lot of the rings with the hobbits, yeah. aren't they? They're taking them down that path, so that might might help things. Um, which one did make a funny point? Like in this world. There's like different creeds of hobbits. There's like black hobbits, brown mm. hobbits, white hobbits. By the time you get to like Lord of the Rings, there's only white hobbits. So there's a really dark history there. Wait, <laughs> so, some, some genocide's been happening. And, <laughs> but yeah. the white hobbits have risen up and fucking ran the black hobbits out of town, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to say we want to look at them, Lord of the Rings. I don't think they'll address that. I think we'll no. just move over that and just yeah, assume that so, yeah. the, the particular share we were in was white for whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's a weird week. Um, everything's kind of coming to an end now. So, um, Penultimate Lord of the Rings. Um, she holds on its ultimate as well. I've so not I watched, seen that yet. I've not watched that yet. I've not watched tonight's. Um, it's going to be. Again, it's weird because it's the penultimate and tonight's the last one. But you kind of feel like there's nothing for them to really wrap up, do you? Other than who's this mob that's trying to expose us, but they're not doing... I get a sense it might introduce more than it wraps up, to be honest. Yeah, hoping for that second audio will get Second audio and also it'll be trying to tie itself more in, maybe properly into like the, the other canons to maybe try and bring something about that can possibly carry on into the movies. Yeah. I feel, like that, I feel this one's the one that's sort of most connected to the movie. Well, WandaVision to a large extent, but that, yeah. almost you didn't really need it in the movie sense because if you take, if you didn't watch WandaVision... Um, the Doctor Strange still made sense to some degree because yeah. she's just angry about losing her husband, which, ha- which is what happened at the end of the, the um, end game anyway. Yeah, Whereas yeah. She-Hulk seems to be trying to lay foundation of stuff that's Bring going to become important later on because yeah, the Hulk left like that, at yeah. one point, you know, yeah. even in and stuff like that. So right, there, is, right, yeah. there is stuff there I think that they're trying to layer in, you know. Mm. So I think, uh, the, I think the top of the leaders come into this one, the character that Tim Blake Nelson played in Incredible Hulk. Right, cool. But he's no, like, as, he's as smart as a Hulk is strong, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the other one of the last one I've been watching um, that we'll talk about is Game of Thrones, as you mentioned. Okay. So again, that's on its penultimate as well. Um, another weird—I know you've not watched it yet, but um, two weeks ago it skipped forward ten years. Yes, I heard that. Um, yeah. And then last night it skipped forward six years. Just boom, there you go. Six years is gone. So it tends to do these big jumps, um, and it'll just kind of briefly, you know, and these people have started fighting with these people, so it'll just give you a brief narrative of what's happened in those six years. Mm. And let me be a minute. 
Um, so it's, it kind of enjoying that because it, it kind of moves it. Do you know what I mean? It, it means like storylines are getting stale. I guess they can just fucking blow them away and jump forward to whenever and you know push Aye, things if on. Something's not working. But then you you imagine that this is not like your old style TV shows where maybe shooting like four or five episodes ahead. They've filmed all this already. This is already in the can. It's already done. Yeah, so it's more like a question of like what do they do if some if, if a storyline isn't working? Mm. They can't really just jettison it, can they? And you know yeah, they've, got, they've, got, they've got a story and what they need to use. Yeah, we need to refilm the episodes to, to mm. counter that. Um, I that someone doesn't like a certain, if the one character just does not vibe with the, the audience, they can't just cut that character out, can they? It's sort of, it's, it needs mm. to boost. Um, I think initially the first few episodes, I, kinda, I, I still do feel like, you know, it, it's way too scared to be its own beastie. Um, yes. But I'm, I'm definitely starting to enjoy it more and more. I think probably that familiarity with the characters, the more familiar you get, and the more yeah. you kind of better the understanding of the world is, and you get more invested. So it's probably that. Um, but I do think there's still they're scared. They still kind of name drop constantly and give references that you don't need to. The ghosts of what came before it or comes after it, yeah. says they still looming large and they're trying to almost like remind you that you're watching the same world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's intriguing to see where it's going to go and, and performance-wise, it's been great. There's not many bad performances in it. You've got Paddy Constantine in it. You've got Paddy's uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Doctor Who. Oh yeah, he, he's he's a. I don't like Matt Smith that much no. as an actor, but in this, he's, I'm quite enjoying him because um, right, okay. I think he, he's playing a, an absolute bastard of character. Right. Um, you know, he's a real horrid, horrid character. So I'm enjoying seeing him playing a nasty piece of work, which he's yeah. kind of done in that um, last night at Soho, but it was yes. kind of small yes. role. But in yeah. this, you know, he's in it a lot, and he's he really is nasty, and he's quite embracing the character. You can see he's having a lot of fun, you know, with it. He's kind of quite smirky and. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's nice to see him doing that. So I've kind of he's he's went from the the disbanded pile to he's, he's on the fence now. So we'll, we'll see. Well, we'll see I'm never going to watch it, Colin, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. Um, and Kings of Pain, um, which which you interrupted, you bastard. Yeah. Um, eel, eel bites this week. They're getting bitten by eels and electric shocks by eels and stuff like that. These guys are. You, you need to watch this. No, I'm not going to watch it. I'm refusing. I'm not going to watch this kind of shit. I don't watch it. Why? I, I just I don't like reality TV. Full stop. I it's, just no, that. it's it's like documentary style. It's, it feels more reality TV, and I'm not oh, I'm not in for it. You're, you're missing out, sir. You're, you're missing out. So you're seeing grown men getting attacked by all kinds of horrible. I've YouTube. I can watch that if I want to, but I don't. I, I just I've never really been interested in watching stuff like that. So um, I love a documentary, but I need a structured documentary. It's not about. And I also, I know that show is fake. No, it's, it's, it's no. definitely. It may, it's a bit like Top Gear. Everyone thought that Top Gear was real. Top Gear's not real. No, it's, Top Gear's silly. But no, yeah. this is these fuckers are, are putting themselves through duress to, to get results. Nah, to, there'll to be basically. a lot more. There'll be a lot more stuff involved there. It's just what you think it is. Be, you shall not cheapen this for me. Um, <laughs> hold not, hold your tongue, Laird. Hold your tongue right <laughs> oh, now. Um, I'm going once we're finished tonight. That that's I'm going straight back to to, to watch the second half of it to see the next deal attack. Um, I shall not. I shall not keep you. Any longer then I'll call it <laughs> um, I watched a lot of things as well I enjoyed it I thought it was decent um, certain, like I said there's like three or four main storylines and I've enjoyed maybe three out of the four I don't really enjoy the, the Hobbit part but I enjoyed the Durin and yeah. Elrond stuff and enjoyed the kind of elves and yeah. the, the, the story of the men so I'm doing enjoying that so it's good the thing I have watched and I did finish was The Bear on mm. Disney which was phenomenal and probably the best thing I've watched on TV in the last must be five or six years maybe wow. a decade it's fucking phenomenal TV and I'm, it's more annoying that 
there's probably about 100 TV shows being released between now and the end of the year, and not one of them is the Bear season two. So, you know, why are these shows not this? It's like everything else just pales compared to it. It was just so well Jesus. done. Jesus. Um, the the Guardian it. gave it a five-star review. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to kind of back up what you said, they said it's, yeah, it's, it's must-watch TV. Like, I think know. it's too brief. It's like half an hour and it's eight episodes. You, you battle through it too quick, and then you're like going... Oh, I want, I want, I want more. more. I, I need more. Have they announced the second season? I'm, I haven't read anything. I'm assuming they must because they set it up for a second season at the very end. So I'm assuming yeah. they got something. Yeah. But oh, just, just brilliant. Just genuinely, just phenomenal television for what it, for it is for half an hour. It's not just brilliant. But to say it, the best thing in the last ten years, dude. That's that's like. I think that's, that's, I can't think when I go binge. Well, maybe three years. Think season one, I binge, but it's in a different, a different kind of love. This is just. It was just so compelling from like, because it's just from the very moment you start watching, you're like, going, I, this world is just so absolutely insane, and I want to see what happens to these people, you know? So it's it's just, it's hard to describe, because there's, there's also things I've really enjoyed, like, I said, I really enjoyed Stranger Things season one, there's a few other things I've really loved, mm. and I've binged in a big way, you know, the first season of Walking Dead, when that first came out, we all, we, we adored that as well. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, this something about this. When I first started watching, I was like, I am hooked on this. And I like, we watched like one episode, and I couldn't get the one watch until like two days later. And I was like, I was like, visibly annoyed that I couldn't get more watched. Like, I was going, could I just stay up to three in the morning and watch more? And I'm like, no, I can't. That's just, no, that's just stupid. You know? uh, oh, I'm definitely going to check it out. As I say, you, yeah. you've been, last week you were raving about it. Tonight, best thing in 10 years, uh, the Guardian's raving about it and stuff like that. So, no, I think it's definitely. I'll, I'll try and get it done for next week if I can. Yeah. Uh, maybe kind of over the weekend, dip in and out yeah, of it. Because but, it's uh, half an hour episodes, you know, so you're, you've been done it, you've been finished it in four hours. There's, uh, did Jill like it as well? I think she enjoyed it. Then didn't quite enjoy it quite as much as me, but she, she did, she liked it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just wonder if Lorraine would want to watch it as well. But I regardless, think Lorraine dig it as well. Yeah, honest. regardless, I'll, I'll jump in. So you have entirely convinced me. Um, yes, me and the um, Guardian. <laughs> Yeah, and I will, no, no, but most, mostly you, mostly you. The Guardian, I don't pay much attention to because sometimes you'll see them reviewing the same movie with two different viewers. One says great, the other says piss. Yes. So I'm like, I can't trust you. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. can't get in the same page, then I don't know what to talk to you. So, no, I'll, I'll go with you. Also, some wonderful needle drops in it as well. Some, like the needle drop at the end of episode one, ah, oh, just mwah, just uh, like perfection. Yeah, okay, honestly. right. I'm, like, I'm on it. It's so, it, when it first hit you, like, you want to watch the next episode, just basically, like, holy shit, that's just driven me to watch the next episode. Okay, cool. Right, okay, I'll, so. I'll get on it, sir. Get on that one. Um, so let's move on to movies, Colin. So we'll start one with one that's on Netflix. You've not watched it, which I'm surprised because I thought this would be right up your street. Um, and that is a one called Mr. Harrigan's Phone, which is directed by John Lee Hancock, a wonderfully hillbilly name. I'm sure he's not, but it's, it's, a, it's a very <laughs> hillbilly sounding name. Um, but he has written some interesting stuff. He directed them, The Blind Side, um, Sandra Bullock. Um, the Little Things that came out last year, also Saving Mr. Banks, the one about the about Disney and also the founder a couple of years ago the one Michael Keaton playing the guy who yeah, McDonald's founder McDonald's yeah. one so he's getting in quite a varied um, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of repertoire so interesting choice for this one because this one is based on a Joe Hill short story um, Stephen King short story sorry Stephen King oh, oh, oh. oh damn I'll listen, I'll listen to the black phone Sons um, of the Father my um, god the Stephen King <laughs> short story from the it's like a bunch of them called um, is it, <laughs> If It Bleeds it's from that book it's like there's about five or six on it the one I liked the most in it was called The Rat um, um, this one is like one of the kind of this is like the first story in the book. I'm not 100% making it the first story in the book. Um, and basically, it's about a guy, a young boy who essentially becomes like a sort of warped and old, the old man in town who's like the rich man in town. The, the young boy just goes up to his house and reads to him every day. 
Um, okay. But over like basically ten years, like you go, this means that's when he's like about seven years old, and by the time he's like seventeen, eighteen, he's still doing it. Yeah, but it struck up a kind of a certain friendship, yeah. um, and the young boy introduced him to like sort of a mobile phone and the internet, and the guy's like a stockbroker, but never really knew the idea of like how to do stocks online and things like that. So they felt they have this sort of it's a mutual friendship that seems it seems very one way in many ways, but there is a lot of affection you can you can sense from it. The old man, as you would expect, dies. Um, the young boy. As a final act, when he's looking at the coffin, he puts the phone in the coffin with him because mm. that's sort of that's just a sort of bonding thing between the two of them, mm. which makes sense. Anyway, the story goes on and he starts getting messages from the phone, oh, which is very okay. interesting. And um, then believing the man is on the other side, you know, you know the, the ethereal plane, mm. the, the young boy at one point prays or asks him for help to hurt somebody to, to take someone out who's causing them pain, and lo and behold, that happens. Mm. So he starts questioning. Kind of like modern death note, but with technology. Kind of, yeah. Mm. And he starts questioning, you know, existence and what he's doing and how much power he's got. And just, it's just sort of him unraveling as to what, what, what's happening, essentially. Um, okay. Okay. Very Stephen uh, Kingy, if you imagine. Obviously. The reason I've, I've not watched it is I'm not entirely convinced by Stephen King adaptations. <laughs> they do mostly tend to be a bit shit. Um, Agreed. And I'm Agreed. always a bit kind of weary um, of jumping in. And more so that. Like I mentioned last week, I've not read anything from Stephen King for about kind of 10, 15 years now. So it's material that I don't know yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes if you know the material, like Finner's a terrible movie. The book's great. Yeah. So you forgive the movie because you know the potential's there or you know yeah. what the story should be. Whereas with stuff like this, I don't know the story so if it's bad it's just going to be bad I don't know if it's been a mistake yeah, yeah, I, get, yeah, I, get, yeah. I get that yeah, yeah. Um, and, if, and if you've got Jaden Martell um, who's in it, I think he's in the, first, the, the It movie I think he's one of the kids in It right. um, Donald Sutherland popping up in it um, oh. in a role that's beyond just a cameo which is what he's been doing very recently and doesn't look quite as generically old as he has done in recent films he still looks old because he is yeah, yeah. 89 years old or something like that, but he doesn't look yeah. quite geriatric as he has done in the past. Um, the other two main actors, you've got Joe Tippett, Cyrus Arnold, and Kirby Howell Baptiste uh, popping up in it as well. So it's very similar to the short story. So it's people expecting seeing the name Stephen King on it. The trailer paints it as a horror. It's not a horror in the, mm. in the literal sense. It is more psychological, mm. um, which is where I think King is at his best when he's writing about people. You know, mm-hmm. if you, you've read Pet Cemetery, for example, Pet Cemetery, there's no real horror elements of Pet Cemetery until maybe the last 50 pages. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's like a 250, 300 page book the rest of the story is just all about building who these people are the character that kind of sells it it does um, like the dark tower is just page after page of just character 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 you get so invested in his characters uh, yeah even yeah. like the stand is like you know this whole page yeah, was yeah. the story where there's nothing really happening it's just getting to know these people mm-hmm. and that's what the film does for a good chunk of the runtime it's just getting to, get to know these people and understanding why they would be put out by this and why they'd be freaked out why people re- why people react the way they react something i think the problem in horror films is is people react and you go why would they react like that i don't understand yeah. what would make you react like that compared to like sort of what you would think the person would do yeah so this that has a lot of time building on that which is to me the kind of what makes a film scary if you care for the character then you obviously you, you don't want harm to come to them you know yeah. um, so it's, it's it's more a human story about loss and grief and the supernaturally stuff in it is more just a kind of backdrop to it you know you yeah. sort of the idea this is sort of it's sort of it's a, a palette in which to paint with um yeah. martell very watchable um in the lead role and um, he held the screen well for someone so young um it does have a lack of a climactic conclusion that you feel like it was worth the time a little bit i did think it was, i enjoyed it for what it did with the character but i think people mm-hmm. might be a bit off by like being like that's the ending i feel like yeah. you've, you've earned more from mm. it 
Um, people, people, I find nowadays what people are lazy with Indians are not willing want, to. Yeah. yeah, they're not willing to just take that leap and think, you know, you yeah. deduct the ending for yourself. People yeah. don't want to do that, and it's a shame. There's, also, it. there's also a real sense in it that the malevolent force, if it is malevolent at all, because obviously it's, you're led to believe it's the old man, mm. he's not angry at the boy. Yeah. So anything that happens bad is because the boy is causing it. Yeah. So he's almost a malevolent force because he's he's got the power to do it. Yeah. So you almost you always watch some of with with extreme power wanting to find a reason not to use it. Yeah. It's like you telling a dog to bite someone, the dog will bite them because you've told it to. Uh-huh. Does that mean the dog's bad because it's no. doing what it's told almost? Yeah. 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 To do that. So it's that, that kind of idea. So yeah. I, I really I really liked it. I think. Um, it might leave non-King fans a bit frustrated um, who, who don't know the man's work and maybe haven't read this story. They might feel a bit put out by the, the lack of conclusion, the lack of sort of like climaticness to the conclusion. Mm. It does feel quite a, 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 quite a small ending in respect. What it was, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not top-tier King adaptation. You know, it's not it or it's not Shawshank and the Green Miles and yeah. that stuff. And it's, it's not even as good as Gerald's game, which I actually I really enjoyed that one. The one um, the yeah. Netflix a few years ago, but it's definitely it's definitely better than thinner, and it's better than you know maximum overdrive. <laughs> it's definitely better than maximum overdrive. And it's better than, you know, I enjoy maximum overdrive a lot. Um, sort of. um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I give it a very solid six out of ten. Cool, that's not yeah. steep. Yeah, but Bad King is still good. Yeah, I'm just scared of watching Bad King that I don't know because then yeah. it's just a bad film. It's not Bad King. Find that honestly, download the book. See the if it bleeds book, the yeah. short stories. There's at mm-hmm. least I think there's four or five in it. The one of them's about that character and the outsider, the sort of the, the thing that can change its face and things like. You know, it's the one cat. Of the cat is it? No, no, it's not cat. It's something else. But it's, it's a weird. The, 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 there was a show on Netflix with it recently with um, Jason Bateman. And it's like okay. he supposedly killed this young boy, the baseball coach beloved by the town, and the video of him on camera killing someone. But he was also at a baseball game across across city at the same time. So he's basically a doppelganger. It's like some malevolent force that goes about doing horrendous things. It looks like oh probably. yeah yeah I watched yeah I watched that I, I so enjoyed that immensely yeah yeah. He's yeah. Ca- the, the the character in that the, the detective who they bring into that story he sort of uses her a couple of times throughout it. But in that okay. in that approach show it would indicate that she knew what this thing was. Yeah. So this is sort of like the, her first interaction with that creature. Oh, uh, cool. Right, so cool. That, that, that story is also one that, like, <laughs> called The Rat, which I really, I really yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, find it. It's, it's enjoyable read. Enjoyable read. Double, double. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I've done my horror call. You want to bring your horror to the floor? What one in the horror? Did you and your Yeah, just before I've got the horror um, beer update, um, yeah. my mouse went numb. Um, okay. My head, <laughs> head's, my head's shrinking. So that's where we're at with the beer. Um, 24 minutes in. 24 minutes. I'm a tiny wee guy. Anyone's listening, I'm like thumb size. You can fit me in your pocket comfortably with a packet of cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? I'm tiny, <laughs> tiny wee guy. It doesn't take a lot at all. Um, Studio 666 is, this is, is the, my, the fight was moving. Yeah, so this was my first horror watch of the week. I decided what can I watch that's it's horror themed. Um, Stumbled across this, uh, across this in Sky Movies, and I thought I'm going to give it a go. Um, it was in the cinema. I wasn't overly enthused to go and see it in the cinema. I didn't feel I need to rush out and watch it because I figured the Foo Fighters making a movie, it's not going to be very good. Um, so I, I watched the deal section, and as you said, it stars all six Foo Fighters, five, six. Yeah, six. Basically, yeah basically, they're going to a studio to write a new album. Yeah. And- yeah, the, Dave, the, the place picks up like a big house somewhere in the sort of LA Hills yeah. that's haunted essentially. Yeah, basically Dave Grohl's ran at inspiration. They want somewhere to inspire them. They go to a haunted house where a band recorded previously and they all were mysteriously killed. Yeah. Killed, yeah. And uh, the Foo Fighters start making their album and descend slowly into madness as Dave yep. Grohl gets possessed by demons and starts yes. offing the band one by one. Uh, yep. 
no spoilers. You can't spoil this. It's no. fucking dumb as fuck. Um, that's pretty much the, the, the movie right there. Um, it was bittersweet because it's nice seeing the Foo Fighters on film. Taylor. Taylor, very sad, yeah, because this was his last movie, I guess. Um, possibly first feature film, last movie. Um, so Aye. seeing Taylor on there was sad. But um, the Foo Fighters can't fucking act. <laughs> I, think, I disagree. I think some of them, there's a sliding scale of what they can do. I think, and I think the ones who couldn't act were not. So? I think Dave is not bad in it. I think he's not. He's not. I've seen. I've watched Rob Zombie films with bit with worse acting. Dave's done a lot of music videos. I'll give you that with Jack Black yeah. and stuff like that. So he has got a bit of chops. He's he's definitely the best of what's yeah, in I'm, there. I don't want him ever playing like some sort of like serial killer type, like you know, sort of like deep meaningful movie. This is this is his level. This is what yeah. he should be doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, sadly, which would be really really sad. Um, Pat. Smear is the worst fucking actor yeah. I've seen. Yeah, he knocked off really early though. No, he got knocked no. off quite late on. Um, he's terrible. I love Pat Smear, but it's like it, whenever you see him, you're like Pat, you're terrible. But you're like, yeah. oh, Pat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like this weird kind of oh, and then yeah, seeing Taylor was, was kind of yeah, it kind of sad seeing Taylor on on screen, but nice seeing him as well. Do you know what I mean? Doing doing what he loved and having fun with you know goofing around with the rest. Of it. That's what that says. It's basically a few fighters goof around. Um, you know, it's, like, it's, I, it, I, it, that's exactly what it is. It's, 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 it's sort of like almost you could almost argue it's like almost like a college film. Yeah, sort of, yeah, bit, yeah. What I took from it is I don't know if maybe you're kind of too young to remember, but way way back in the days, the monkeys had a TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like that, you know. It's like a band making a TV show and they're a band, they're not actors and that's apparent, but they're having a lot of fun. And this is what this is. It's, it's just fun for them, you know. You can see that they're enjoying themselves. They, I think they kind of know we can't fucking act, you know what I yeah. mean? But you know, it's so fucking I like you went for the monkeys, but I would have went for, like, it's more like S Club 7 um, when they're choking out. <laughs> oh, did they have a TV show? Yes, um, it's called Miami 7. I must have chose to know that, I think. I think you were going to be for that one, Colin, at that point. <laughs> yeah. Possibly you wasn't. I'm kind of glad I was. Um, but yeah, two comparisons. But yeah, same idea. You, you watch and you know it's awful, but you see that there's a love there that they have got for the product that they are selling you. I can't imagine anyone who's not a um, Foo Fighters fan wanting to watch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That is, it does bring the gore. It is pretty gory. Yeah, I was got, what I was going to touch on that is it, it's inventive and in, in how it kills people and, and it, it goes balls to the wall yeah. gore. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking hold back. No, there's blood, there's guts and all you know kinds of horrendous deaths and it's you know the camera's right up there showing you them yeah. um, and the, 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 it's mostly practical effects as well and they're all really well done um, and I appreciate but, as well it was they had narrative strength rather than just doing like that Metallica one some kind of not some kind of monster the one they did when it was like sort of just basically their concert show Oh, the one, the one where Dane DeHaan was the runner? And he's got to try I, and get I've some... I've not seen that yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not I'm bad, but Metallica aren't doing anything. Carly's just playing a concert and everything yeah. that narrative structure is away from them. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, whereas this, the band are involved from start to finish, they yeah. are the story and they drive that. Um, it, it was a weird one. I kind of enjoyed it, um, but I kind of knew how bad it was while I was watching it as well. Um, yes. I scored it a 5 out of 10. I think I gave it about a six, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have any desire to watch it again. You know, no, I think once you've seen it, it, it's done. But if somebody said to me, "Oh, you, you know, do you like the Foo Fighters?" I'd say, "Oh, have you seen their movie?" So it yes. would be, as you said, relevant. And for any Foo Fighters fan not to have watched it, I would say watch it because yeah. you know it is them doing something that they love. They've put a lot of time into it and stuff like that. Um, also, what, what it does feel also like it's a Friday night packed cinema kind of movie yeah d- definitely everybody's a bit rowdy and stuff like that yeah. it's one of these ones where i know you get annoyed with people kind of 
being assholes and stuff. But it feels like one of those if someone was I an feel asshole, a bit okay with this kind of film. I feel this, this is the kind of film that's sort of with them. Like it's almost like snakes in a plane. It almost it invites it a little bit. Yeah, it? definitely. All the same mentality of, of what they're watching. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing that really surprised me about it, um, I, I don't know how I've never noticed this before. Dave Grohl is so effeminate. I, I've mm. never noticed before how fucking effeminate he is. He's, Even after the learning to fly video. Yeah, he, he's he's almost camp. I would say. Um, bit, yeah. Just mannerisms and way he speaks. I've never picked up on that, and then I watched this, and I was like, why have I not fucking? Not, yeah. not, I'm not saying you know, disparaging saying it's bad in any way. Just for a, being your, for a big rock star, it feels a bit odd. Yeah, you expect yeah. you know macho and you know biker and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. man, you can't imagine James Hetfield being sort of <laughs> Anyway, you know, <laughs> and it just caught me. I was like, I did that. Why have I not? I've seen him in interviews and stuff like that. Do you know, I've heard him speak. I know who he is. You know, what I mean, I'm like, that's fucking weird. Um, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I think five out of ten is, you know, it, it, the, the acting was fucking atrocious. But on their side, they're, they're not actors um, as no. well. I get that. Do you know what I mean? And but the the fun and the love they put in it definitely shines through. Um, and in droves. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, on from that one, a new one is out this week, which is. Basically, it's very on the line between as as a feature film technically, but it's only just a feature film. It's a feature presentation or special presentation. Yes, by yes. Marvel that's appearing on Disney Plus. It's called Werewolf by Night, and directed by Michael Giacchino. Obviously, most known as a composer of pretty much mm. everything right now. He sort of became the new. I'm not gonna say the new John Williams because John Williams is sort of unsurpassed. Maybe the new Danny Elfman would be a fair. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe the new Danny Elfman. But definitely, yeah. I mean, I say the new one. He's been around for the last like what 15 years doing shit. You know, so he's like um, <laughs> the boy's got I, history. <laughs> and I have got a lot of soundtracks on my iPod. I actually do quite listen to them. There's a few. You've done a few absolute crackers that um, I really enjoy. I think you've done Super Eight. I really like. And I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did one of the Pixar ones. Be possibly. Not quite. Oh, I don't know which which one he's done, but yeah, he has. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's worked with Pixar, so he has yeah. some really interesting scores. Yeah. Um, they even do. He done the Apes one as well. See the By Dawn and Rise. Done yeah. him, yeah. He's done mm-hmm. him. So, yes. Which, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed his, his scores for the most part. Um, so yeah, but this is his feature film directing debut. Um, so the plot of this one is it's set in the Marvel universe in, 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 of sorts, um, and it's essentially. The greatest monster killer in the history of the world is about to die, um, and he invites many other monster hunters to come to his abode yeah. uh, in order to compete, in order to win a prize, which is sort of like, is it the Elven Stone or something? The, the, the Bloodstone. The Bloodstone, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of like, this derives your great power and allows you to hunt other monsters and things. Um, yeah. So these, all, all these monster hunters are competing for it, um, and that's essentially what the film is. Yeah, um, they basically put their stone on a monster, set the monster loose and say, go catch it. Yeah. That does yeah. it, yeah, yeah. In the film, you've got Gail Garcia Bernal, who I didn't really know, but I realised I do know him. He is the other guy from Why Two Mama Bian, who's not Diego Luna. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay. like um, you know, the two boys doing the road trip and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, who, who go on the, the road trip with the MILF. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, Laura Dornley is in it as well. Harriet Samson is an actor and actress in it. And I mentioned also playing the big Scottish guy is Kurt R. Thatcher. Do you know who he is? No, who is he? He is, do you remember Star Trek The Voyage Home? Yeah, Bobby vaguely, Bobby yeah. Bobby yeah, Bobby Bobby yeah, yeah. The punk, the punk on the bus. Is that him? That's him, oh, yeah. no way, the one that spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he gets a definitely put to sleep because yeah. everybody cheers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very right, okay, that. There's a lot of like, um, like special effects work and stuff like that and camera work and stuff like that. But he is, he's also a jobbing actor now and again. That's so amazing. He is. I don't yeah. he is now. Wow, that is brilliant. Yeah. Thank so you, that's, sir. That's, that's it, yeah. immensely. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that made me happy to find him. Um, so I'll start on this one. I, it, was a, it was a different approach from Marvel. Um, yeah. In many ways, a refreshing new tone. They, they, some mm. of the stuff of late has been quite... Let's stale. Say, 
stale, generic, got a cookie cutter formula, which is maybe why me and you are both enjoying She-Hulk so much. It feels yeah. a bit different. Yeah, um, yeah. And this as well felt like a different tone. It felt like a, a, a sort of different, using using all the colours available to them rather than, ironically, not using any colour in this. Um, yeah. Using all the colours available to them rather than just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed that part of it. So that's the yeah. positive parts of it. Um, it does feel quite low stakes and I don't really know where it fits into the universe and what the point of it is a little bit. It felt both too short to be a feature film that would make me feel that like this is actually meaningful in some way. Okay. But equally okay. longer than say one of these like you know they do the Marvel shorts now and again that are on the DVDs. It, yeah. it's too long to that. So it felt it was a weird middle ground where I, I could so have done. I'll give my of, take on that and try and expand a wee bit if I yeah. can with my limited <laughs> limited knowledge. Um so I play a game. Um it, it kind of based on Marvel and it's got lots of characters in it. Um, so the, the Bloodstone family um, uh-huh. are embedded firmly in Marvel. They've been yeah, no, no, they yeah. Are. Oh, yeah. So I think this is them introducing the Bloodstones and I think they're going to sit side by side with like kind of Blade, the Black oh, Knight. I yes. think they're on, on that plane. Yeah. Um, and I think this has been the best. I, I think this is the right way to introduce them. It's just kind of eased them in where, I mean, because it's, it's so enjoyable. Um. And you do quickly learn about the Bloodstones within the first 10 minutes. It's basically yeah. telling you, we're the Bloodstones, here's who we are, here's what we do, and, and here's why the Bloodstones is important. So it gives you all that in 10 minutes, so instantly they've kind of set it up for, you know, they could live in the same universe as, um, you know, the, the, the Black Knight Blade, stuff like that. And I mm. think that's the niche. That, I think they're going for mystical Marvel, um, or... Super uh, Super, yeah, I think that's kind of where this is going to lie. And obviously, we know Blade's coming up soon and stuff like that as well. So, the Lane Foundations have hinted at the Black Knight when they've done the Eternals mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that as well. So, I think they're laying groundwork oh, they are. early def- on for this. They are definitely in that. And the characters are all, like, all people playing the characters are all, they're all good. They're all good actors. Yeah, they're all yeah. good nothing wrong with them. But with the exception of one character in this who I'm a big fan of, um, are you going to spoil it or not? No, I'm not going to spoil it. But if no, I can't okay, have a big yeah. fan, and yeah, it's lovely. To, it's adorable to see him in it. The smile really on my face when he popped up was ear to ear. It was just like, the fuck. But they've done it. I mean, Marvel do take certain liberties with characters, and mm-hmm. they've all changed them. This was no, almost, almost print perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful, but, man. Fucking beautiful. With the exception of that character, yeah, there's none of these characters I'm really itching to know what's happening with them. I, I don't I think, really feel that much. Yeah, I thought the Elsa character I'm intrigued by because I know she's the biggest player in this story. Um, so yeah. Elsa Bloodstone's like the daughter of the dead. Yeah, kind of she, was cool. she was awesome, isn't it? Yeah, and I think she's the one they're setting up mm. primarily, um, and not the, the the Werewolf by Night character. I think yeah. she's exactly. where they're kind of going. I'm quite intrigued to see what they're going to do with her now. Um, yeah. I, I kind of got that. Um, I think if you, if you put her into anything else, you have to reintroduce her because I don't think people are going to remember this. That's just, and that's a real shame. I think you're right. I think people will either watch this thinking Marvel start watching it five minutes since each black and white thing i don't know any of these names and stop watching it um yeah. or they just won't watch it at all which yeah. i think is a real fucking shame because it's maybe the most exciting thing marvel's done since the end game possibly yeah and if you're going to have the characters you want to introduce them in this type of thing and then when you do them if you do put them into the movies any into the movies you've got to then reintroduce them you've got to kind of go what was the point yeah that's at that point you know what yeah. what we gained from this what's other than it being it's a nice kind of throwback to sort of like 1930s, 1940s sort of Universal Monster mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Enjoying all the practical effects, a lot of puppetry work. The, even the werewolf was very much, you know, basically man in a suit, essentially. It wasn't... Touch on that in a minute, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed all those elements of it, but yeah, yeah. I am struggling a little bit to know what was the point of it. 
as I say, I think they're just trying to, to, to build in the, the kind of horror aspect. I think that's what mm. they're doing. It's just lay, laying, laying the foundations for that. That That's all. I think that's all it is. Um, I don't get it, but they'll do it. They'll try to do that, but if they have yeah. to go over it again in the next movie to try and bring it in again, you, then the question becomes, what is the point of this thing? But then, should they? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've not seen it, then fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they don't, you know, yeah, but fuck you isn't we might say fuck you, but they, they don't yeah, want they, they don't Marvel, care about us. Yeah. They've already got us in the cinema. They want to try and they don't get to a billion pounds like only having me and you in the cinema. They've got to get everybody in the cinema. Yeah. You know? So if you're doing a yeah. horror film, you know, we've seen how that one remember they try to relaunch the, the sort of the dark universe one and the, the, the Yeah, Marvel. yeah. And you know, if you're gonna launch that kind of universe with the Marvel character, you've got to get people a hook. Now, coming up will be the Fantastic Four come up soon, pretty soon anyway. Mm. That's mm-hmm. a hook already what people know who the Fantastic Four is, there's something there, you know, people mm-hmm. know. But people even most ardent Marvel fans I'm not particularly knowledgeable oh, on the dude as I said only, as I said at the start the only reason I knew who the Bloodstones were is because of a video game that I played yeah. um, I have no comic knowledge in them at all I did. yeah um, did the character did, did Blade recently the, new, the old Blade and the Blade is still phenomenal so I'm hoping probably I'm still the best Marvel film possibly it, honestly it's up there it's probably yeah Yeah. in terms of individual like about an individual character I'd probably say Endgame and that for epic scale are possibly above it but for just about an individual character you do not get a better film than Blade yeah yeah it's, it's, it's got it's like it all liking that film whatsoever um, but no you've, that, that, you've got it about this it is characters that even a lot of kind of Marvel fans will be like, I don't know who they are, and and yeah, that that's it's a kind of hard selling aspect. And um, what I didn't like was, um, so we talked about the the big spoiler. We can't say who it is, but he was fucking outstanding. Yes, I didn't like the werewolf. Um, the film is about werewolf, so it's not a spoiler. It's yeah, called fucking no. werewolf by night. Um, I, I I thought they would have went more more Wolfman, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think they went Wolfman enough of them. I mm. just felt it was like that's not it's not scary. It's not intimidating and. I don't want to see the character's name is Jack Russell. It felt like a big Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and all, I mean his fighting style was the same as as Black Widow's. Do you know what I mean stuff like that? Yeah. I'm like, I, I want to see you know can Wolverine levels of gore yeah. and violence here with this fucker. You know, and I want to see Lone Cheney Junior style like Jojo the fucking dog boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't. That was a wee bit kind of a let there. I was expecting. A big bad wolf, and I didn't get a big bad wolf. No. I got yeah, wolf, um, which was a shame. But I loved it. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, like I say, I think it's been the best Marvel thing. I think it's been the best thing I've done since Endgame. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go down. I mean, that. honestly, I would say that is true. But the reason why I think that's true is I think most of the stuff I've done since Endgame hasn't been very good. Yeah, they've not been very brave. Whereas this, you know, black and white. Um, do you know what I mean? Going for a fairy style characters yeah. no one's heard that I think it just balls through all went for it um, wonderful as well yeah I gave it a solid 8 out of 10 I gave it a 6, six. interestingly apparently they filmed it in full colour and then black and whitey did it afterwards well apparently well, so, used to do back in the day as well like, if you ever watch like sort of um like the George Reeves Superman, like behind, the, like, if you look at his original suit, it's not black and white. It's, it's sort of it's like green and red, or green and red. It's sort of because that makes the 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 black and white look proper on screen. Oh, but if you just do it in black and white, it would. Or he done it in like blue and red. Like the apparently those colours are too close to each other, so it would look right. right. Uh, so his actual suit would be something like yeah, I think it's something like yellow and green or something, or yellow and purple or something to try. So and was make. this quite a common thing back in the yeah. day? Like they'd basically film in colour and then. No, they wouldn't film it in colour. They'd film it in black and white, but they'd use the people would be dressed. They wouldn't have black and white sets. They'd be like fully mm. coloured sets, but they'd be, mm. they'd be done in a way that would make the cones show up best in black and white. Mm. So you see it in black and white, but that was on set. Maybe like, maybe like pink and blue. 
because of that's what looks best that, on that camera. looks better but i didn't know that i, yeah. I, I didn't know that i was because I, I just i've always just assumed that if it's black and white it's filmed in black and white and that, that that's it but i guess well, colors, back in the 20s they didn't have any optical to film in color wasn't yeah it? Film yeah to, to, to do it um no that, that that was interesting i quite liked that in fact i was like oh that's good but no i think eight out of ten for me six out of you average seven out of ten yes i, I would go for that that, that yeah. makes I'm, I'm happy with that yeah i'm happy for that to sit there as well um i hope they don't do any more i'm quite happy with what they've done leave it you've, you've kind yes. of done it if you're going to do it next put it in to an ensemble somewhere you know that, that yeah. take take the leap of faith you've, you've kind of you know you've laid laid the groundwork then you know put it where it's meant to be don't you know back out and do another fucking special on it because um, we don't yeah. we don't need that yeah bring it in um yeah so we'll move on from that so that was, that was disney plus's offering this week so now we want to a sky cinema offering calling what One you... i suggested we watch We've been burned before by, by Sky Cinema, sir. Um, <laughs> and, and I think we have to go to give up on Sky Cinema at some point. This one's called Clean, mm. uh, directed by Paul Solit, who directed a film called Bullethead a few years ago, and also uh, Tread. Um, the plot of this one essentially is there's a, a well-meaning garbage cleaner who is a, who's got a mucky past. Some shit goes down in his neighbourhood, and he decides to sort it out and go after the bad ones who are causing it. Yeah, that's essentially the plot. That 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 is yeah, it, it's a very Hollywood plot that you've seen yeah. in a million one films. Um, you know, it's nothing. It's it's raging bull with a, a fucking street cleaner almost. Yeah, you've got um, or taxi driver. Bull's giving a lot of credit. Uh, mm. You've got in, in the lead role, you get Adrian Brody, um, you get Glenn Flesher, uh, Richie Mera, and Mikey Williamson. Um, what do you think of this one? Because you're the one who wants to watch this, or you want to insist on me watching this? So what caught me initially was it was the blurb. I, I didn't know this existed until I was bored and was browsing through okay. new releases on Sky Movies, and, and the blurb got me basically, you know, a, a cleaner with a hidden past, fucking yeah. gets entangled in, you know, violence, and I was like, Adrian Brody, good actor. Yeah, sold. Um, yeah, Adrian Brody, Oscar winning actor. Um, youngest ever male Oscar winner. Yeah, um, and he, he, I mean we've enjoyed him in a lot of stuff before, even even Predators. You know, he wasn't the worst thing in Predators. Yeah, I'm I mean, the same. You know, he was he was great. I, we like Adrian Brody. Um, you know, he turns up in um, you know, all, all sorts of films and blows you away. Um and yeah, in this he's playing this very kind of downtrodden bin man who's just trying to, you know, make the world a better place by painting houses at night and doing odd jobs and fucking taking out the trash basically and just minding his own business. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely gets dragged into the criminal underworld and violence, yeah, yeah. Um where it reveals that he's got um, surprise, surprise! I hadn't passed. Yes. Um, and a penchant for violence that, that is revealed in the last twenty minutes of, of the film. Yeah. Um, Brody, what accent was he going? I don't know. I mean, that that's not Brody's accent. That's not his voice. No, I don't, I don't, think so. I don't know where what he was channeling. Um, with, with Brody, he's a fucking Oscar winner actor. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, it seems to be doing some weird shit just now. And that's one of my big takeaways from this. Like Adrian Brody is like he's an Oscar-winning actor. One at twenty-nine years old, so that's the yeah. male best actor winner. One of the pianist. Ever since then, he's like I used that career's never really taken off properly. Don't blame him. He's made some interest you think should have worked out. Like he was in, he, he signed up for the King Kong film, the one yeah. with Jackson done after. I think that fucking destroyed him. That's I think that. I think that knocked him as a leading man because I think yeah. that was the film was supposed to put him into sort of like you're going to be a leading man. You won for you won an Oscar. You come off the director who's got the hottest, you know, one director just yep. done three great films of all time. Yep. Doing one of the kind of Hollywood classics, this is going to be the film that'll make you stratosphere. Yeah, that, that film itself flopped. I mean, it was Peter Jackson making King Kong. What could have went wrong? And I, I, right, so I enjoy Kong. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I enjoy but it a lot. I can see why people get fucking annoyed with it because it's, it's long as fuck. 
it, yeah, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And it's like King Kong is not a three-hour fucking epic. It's no. you know, it's it's a seventy-eight-minute film. Yeah. Um, at best, um, and I think that's where Adrian fell off the the, the pedestal and went down. You would say he did fall off because he has done. He's worked with like um, Wes Anderson quite a lot and stuff like that. And he's been mm. in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did yeah. Um, a bunch of other stuff. You know, he's been he's been in a lot of decent stuff. You know, mm. but he just feels like his guy who is still searching for a. a another sort of what he is yeah, and this is almost like I'm reaching for like almost a Liam Neeson-esque role oh yeah and which like, was strange don't right? you you're, you're not, not that no totally he's not I was going to say he's not an action star, but then when you look at Predators and that, he and, you know, he's, he's buff as fuck, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the problem is he doesn't know what roles he's suited for as well because he is such a chameleon. Um, and it's it's a bit of a shame. Hollywood thinks Adrian yeah. Brody put him in something that they don't really know how to use him. We'll get to another actor later on who has had a similar problem in Hollywood um, over the last like, sort of 30 years. He's managed to have a great career doing other stuff, but similar similar actor to Brody and he seems like... Everything about you says you're a handsome as fuck. You should be a, a, a A-list movie star. You yeah. should be opening movies, but you're not that guy. Yeah. But you're, still, you're still a great actor. We need to find what you can do properly. Yeah. In terms of this film, I thought it was just a generic, very generic, very labelled. Yeah, very. By the numbers, you, did there, was there any surprises in it at all for you? None? None. One surprise that I don't know if you knew or not is um, the soundtrack is Adrian Brody. Did you know that? He done I the music. Know he was writer as well. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, he rock produced, but he done the sound. So all all the hip hop music. That's Adrian Brody. I'm going for one Adrian Brody doing hip hop. I didn't know he was. He was. I didn't know he was a musician for us. I didn't know he, you know this. This was a thing that he was in it. But yeah, he done all all the kind of the, the, the hip hop stuff. That's all him that done that. Okay. Interesting. Is fucking bizarre. Because I'm that's not probably I'm, more interesting and more bizarre than anything else we talked about tonight. What really confused me about this film was um and. De- delicate subject. I'll try and tiptoe on it as without kind of pissing anybody off. But um, this film seemed to kind of have an issue with black people and blame them for shit. A lot of time it did, yes. For no reason at all. No, like, not at all. This was not a black film, but you know, no. it felt compelled to to look at black culture and and blame them. You know, for being, no, absolutely. Like, almost black stereotypes. And like, why? It's, it's it's a mob movie because ultimately that's it's about white people and a yeah. white mob and. There's just a side kind of shit where, you know, black people, I don't understand, I don't know if you're trying to, you know, curry favour, I don't understand that that part of it. I, I was honestly genuinely baffled as to, yeah. to are they antagonists, are they protagonists? I don't know what you're trying to do with black people in this film, but it doesn't yeah. fucking fit in with what the film's about. It puzzled yeah. the shit out of me. I was baffled. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. Definitely, I would say one to put to the bottom of your list. Yeah, yeah, really sadly, I scored this a few out of 10. Ah, um, myself. Four, so yeah, we're both thinking the same. And as you say, Adrian Brody, he's, he's, he's so much better than this. Um, He's, I mean, he, he's wrote, he didn't direct, but he's wrote, produced, no. he's done this, the music for it, you know, he, he, he's all over it, you know, so this is something that he's himself. He's not just signed on the bottom line for a quick paycheck on this one. No. This is probably his power behind it is what's got this made. This made, and you're thinking, Adrian Dude, come on, man. You, you're fucking better than this. We've seen it. You know, we, we know you're better. Um, yeah. Pro- prove it, man. Prove it. Prove it. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, so okay. that's an average of uh, three and four, two and a half, at, uh, three and a half out of ten. Yeah, half out of ten. Oh, yeah. for fucking broken. Yeah. That's fucking... It hurts me, man. I'm, I'm sad about this. Like, well, From that one, we move on to Amazon <laughs> Prime, one you have not watched that I have watched, and, and I think you should watch this one. And it's called Catherine Called Birdie, um, directed by Lena Dunham. Who directed a film called Sharp Stick and Tiny Furniture? But this is sort of definitely, I feel like, our biggest um, 
So yeah. swing. Just quick, quick interview. Lena Dunham. Um, I'm not overly familiar with her, but I do know that Lorraine adores her because Lorraine's a massive, massive fan of. Girls. Girls. Okay. Well, I'll yes. get to that. I'll get yes. to them in a little minute. Okay. Okay. Um, plot of this film essentially sets up like Middle Ages, um, but it's done in very modern guise, where um, the young girl is coming into womanhood. Let's call it that. Okay. She's blossoming. Yes. Blossoming. Yes. It is. A, yeah, um, <laughs> the red panda awakes, as they said. <laughs> so. I can't believe you went there. Dude. Because of that, basically, father decides that well, once she becomes a woman, they can sell her off and basically get a dowry for her. So she basically doesn't want her father to know that she is coming a woman, so it's her trying to like basically pretend and trick him and think she's still a child. Um, at the same time, basically doing everything she can to try and stop any suitor who comes to her, and um, basically scaring them off. At the same time, she's falling in love with a couple of um, people in her life that she wants to try and make make eyes at, who have very little interest in her. It's it's, it's very much a kind of almost like a book smart type thing, but set in the Middle Ages. It sounds nuts. It is a bit nuts. It is a bit yeah. nuts. Very, very modern soundtrack and all that kind of stuff, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's a basic plot. It's it's, it's a teen coming of age film set in the Middle Ages. <laughs> of course it is. Um, and I think Bella Ramsey, who I don't really know much from, but apparently she's going to be in The Last of Us, the TV show. She's sort of the main role in that. Okay, right. So, okay. Um, you've also got Billy Piper playing her mum, Andrew Scott playing her dad, who I always like to see and stuff. Leslie Sharp, Joe Alwyn, and Sophie Okondo um, is, is also in a role. Um, so. Start off with the Lena Dunham thing. Yeah. So is she in this at all? No, she only directs she, it. Writer right. directs it. She, she um, adapted, the, adapted the book into a screenplay right. and she directs it as well. I vehemently dislike Lena Dunham. Why? Because she seems like the most pretentious woke piece like person in the other scene. Like so, she got any shit at one time at dinner because she basically went on Twitter at one point and ranted about against some basketball player. Didn't look at her because or didn't talk to her because she was a fat girl and he only liked really skinny supermodels and stuff like that and how he's like, you know, body shaming her. Yeah. Basically came out, that was utter bullshit. The reason why they didn't talk to her is because she was an absolute cow to him. Everyone else at the table said he was an absolute charming man, talked to everybody, moved on yeah. the table. Every time he tried to talk to her, she basically dismissed him and went, and went there in order to get an argument and, and to feel put out that she wasn't supposed to be there. And this guy done nothing but try and... Be nice to by all So, from what I know, I'm probably going to display massive ignorance here. Apologies, um, listeners. Lena Dunham um, was kind of involved in the making of Girls. Um, her and a bunch of other kind of actresses uh, yeah. all come from very, shall we say, privileged backgrounds. Yes, agreed. They yes. have all got very famous pet parents, stuff like that. Um, so, they've got, yes. you know, money thrown at them to do whatever they want, vanity projects and yep. stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah cool. So Leah Dunham is always. I know people do seem to love her. I know people who do adore her for, you yeah. know, for who she is. She's always rubbed me very much the wrong way. But maybe as a as a, as a white middle aged man, she's supposed to rub me the wrong way. But Patrick never... Wilson apparently story that Lorraine tells me if I'm right is Lena Dunham. I think it is Lena. Is she used to get a lot of stick online about being overweight, Lena Dunham? Uh-huh. Um, and, and Patrick Wilson committed defence online, you know, saying those side. I believe in America she's a size ten, which is is nothing. It's it's barely, no. you know, it's it, describing that as overweight is fucking insane. Mm. But Patrick Wilson jumped her defence, but you know, saying I'd tap that ass, you know, that size ten ass and stuff like that. So I think maybe she has got issues from being attacked as well. But the way no to doubt. deal with that is not to pass that along. You know, paying pay it forward isn't the way to to, to, no. to deal with that. Yeah, you know? there's all things she's said and done that just, she's never really she, she, yeah, indeed, thinks, to you. She, yeah, seems to, yeah, that doesn't, that it doesn't adhere to my sensibilities, no. to put it that way. Cool, cool. No, so cool, I went cool. with a little bit of a bat on my back, thinking I don't really like something I've done. Um, it's done, but I'm going to come out and say openly, I enjoyed this film a lot. Um, surprisingly enjoyed it. Um, you it, are a, but you are a fucking teenage girl, though. Like, we, we have, we have, girl, you know, yeah. we're okay with this. We, we don't mind that you're a teenage girl, yeah. and you do embrace 
all things teenage fucking yeah, girls. Yeah, I'm very yeah. much in my in my in my heart a sixteen year old girl and in, in my that's in my, in my that's your comfort zone. It is, you it know, really turn, turning yeah. red stuff like that, jamming holograms. That's where Richard is. Like, yeah. wow, that, that's that's Richard. You know, he's he's yeah. happy here. This is his happy place. Yeah, okay. this is what I'm very comfortable in. Uh, <laughs> this is this is trying to be a bit more book smart. It's not quite book smart. I'll give it mm. that away, but it's it's definitely swinging. Um, yeah. it's very fun coming of teen, coming of age drama. Um. Biggest win for it is Bella Ramsey in the lead role. She is excellent. And if she's one who's got to lead the Last of Us franchise, who I know people are very excited about that um, mm. show, um, they're yeah. in good hands because she is excellent in the lead. Also, the, the supporting cast also excellent. You've got Billy Piper, who's a very good actress. She's I love Billy Piper. Up. I think she's so overlooked. I think she's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. 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 Andrew Scott playing her dad is a sort of a sort of king. Like not King, a Lord guy who's who's he's, he's foiling hard times. Fantastic. He just he has a real kind of sort of like nonchalant of like just always bored, but not you know it, it goes yeah. really well. Um, he's excellent as well. So I really enjoyed the cast. They all bring a lot to it. It loses a bit of energy in the middle half of the second act, I would say, which does maybe bring it down a little bit. I felt like it just it spun its wheel for a little bit and maybe started bringing maybe one too many plot lines to try and beef up a little bit. They could maybe done without. Didn't have to maybe quite go that deep with it. Yeah. But. That being said, it's, it's like an hour and 45 minutes long. It kills, it, it fills the time well, and it's yeah. consistently made me laugh. It's, this way to describe it would almost be less of like a book smart in Middle Ages. It's more like an Adrian Mole in Middle Ages. Okay, she's, yeah. She's constantly reading a diary about what she's doing. Yeah. You know, and she is sort of, and she's very awkward in her world and very kind of Adrian Mole, more outgoing than Adrian Mole, but yeah. same idea, like sort of just sort of trying to understand growing up, essentially. So I don't know if Americans know what Adrian Mole is, but that's essentially what it is like. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, I laughed. And like I said, I, would, I did go in with a little bit of a monkey on my back about it, not wanting to like it. So it did charm me and it did win me over and I, I would highly recommend it. That's because you are the bigger man. So, I am. Yeah, exactly. I, I do it as well. Tom Hardy, I, I, I hate him, but if he does something good, I'm always the first one to say, yeah. I enjoy Tom Hardy there, and kudos to where it's true. So, yeah. I would say, if Lena Dunham was in it, I probably wouldn't have watched it, which is not it's not big of me to say. I would, I yeah. would not have yeah. watched it. Her directing, she was, I wouldn't say there's nothing in the direction I would say is particularly like flamboyant or, or you know, you know, groundbreaking, but it's a, mm. she tells the story well, yeah. you know. Um, Has she directed before? She's probably done episodes of Girls and stuff like that. Imagine. Girls and a film called do. Sharp Stick and one called Tiny Furniture. Those are two films she's done. But this is right. definitely, I think, a, quite a big step up for her in terms of... This is the kind of Hollywood stuff. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it. So I give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Cool. I will mention this one to Lorraine because I say she, she's a big Lena Dunham fan. Um, she, yeah. She's, you know, big into her. Um, so I'll mention that and, and I'll, I'll check out, actually, now you've said that. I'm quite, yeah. I'm quite intrigued. It's, definitely, uh, it's not a PD piece in any shape or form. It's sort of yeah. it's very... No, you, well, your, your description when you first said it, your first sentence, I was like, "Fuck!" But it, it, after that, yeah, I've not in any tech points what this is a period piece. So yeah, you've yeah. kind of you've you've way like those those um, aversions I had to, to period pieces. So yeah, I think, I think I'll check this out as well. Soul, okay. sir, soul. Right. What's what's the other horror film you watched this week? Just quickly on it because we've had all about in the past. The other the horror Earth. film I watched is called In the Earth, recommended by you, Mr. Um, ben Wheatley, directed it. Mr. Ben Wheatley, who we enjoy. Um, I've seen a couple of his films. I've seen Kill List and I've seen High Rise. Um, and he's a very interesting. You've not seen Fade. Um, You've not seen Free Fire as well. Oh shit! And Free Fire as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's very kind of interested. Director, you know, he writes kind of outside the box. He thinks outside the box, and his stuff's always a bit kind of weird. And you know, kind of where's where, where's he going and stuff like that. Um, 
in the air is about setting set during COVID. Set, it doesn't specify time. It's set in the near future. Um, yeah. where it doesn't, it's not COVID. That there, there's some disease that that's you know. It's still with any COVID, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's more serious than COVID. It's COVID inspired, you know, and it's definitely you know it, it, COVID and and everything else. But you know that this is more devastating, and it's you know devastating the kind of planet and stuff like that. Um, this. Doctor um, Professor dude um, has to go into forest to basically see if they can find ways to basically make the soil better and kind of grow shit better and stuff like that. Um, he's guided in the forest by an assistant and they come across a madman um, yes. who drugs them, does weird shit to them, takes pictures and stuff like that. They escape and they find the doctor looking for who's researching this this kind of mega rich soil that can help things and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, in the background, there's thrown in the story of like kind of earth, kind of god, goddess type kind of thing yes. as well. Um, and it's basically about them getting hunted by this madman, seeking refuge, and then shit going crazy from there as they try and figure out what the experiments are all about and stuff yeah. like that. And it, vo- it involves a lot of paganism, a lot of. Yeah, yes. corona, coronavirus trope, as they, yes. they now are. It didn't take long for that to happen. Um, I'm sensing, and, and, you did not like this film. I didn't like it at all because it seemed like... Um, so I watched a documentary about a month ago with my son about fungus, and it kind of touched on this like, microfungus that grows all over the planet and stuff like that, and it basically connects all the trees to each other, and it's almost like a kind of way trees communicate with each other. And it feels to me like Mr. Wheatley's watched this documentary, yeah. taking very little from it and thought, there's a movie here somewhere. Um, yeah. and, and he's basically tried to make this kind of deep, thoughtful film from it. Um, and he missed the mark. I would say this is probably, this is Wheatley back when he was doing something like, I don't know if you ever saw Feel in England. Did you ever see that one? No, was, no. no. This that, is very much in that vein of like sort of it's almost there's a plot and there's a narrative, but there's also a lot of just sort of like imagery that just sort yeah of yeah. Well, that that's what really does it is it is very you know he's all about kind of images and and um, you know stuff like that. So this does that you know there's a lot of kind of weird freaky shit happening in the camera yeah. and you're like I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, um, it's all like free fire is quite a good. It's, quite, it's got a narrative. It's, it's, it's a story. Quite, it's well done, but it's a traditional narrative in many yeah. ways. Yeah, this has got a story, but it just it's just nonsense because it's not coherent. There's too many threads don't tie together in the story. You know, as I say, there's a part where I kind of you know I kind of fucking 16th century alchemist. It's like. Yeah. Disappointing that. Um, it does have one wonderful scene um, yes. that I remember reading about the axe scene in the garden, yep. yeah, um, involving an axe, a foot, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Yep. Um, that does make you fucking squirm in your seat <laughs> in a horrible, horrible kind of way. Do you think part of the problem with this film is. Um, have you seen this? Yes, I have. Um, yeah, I, okay. Um, okay. I also saw it on like uh, VOD. Like, I, I got right, on. right. Okay, so, cool. Right. I didn't know. I see, think, I'm trying not to spoil it because I don't know if you've seen it or not. Right, I okay. think this needs to be a cinema film. You need mm. to. Because like, I think it's a bit like, a bit like men, for example. I know, I know we, we differed on how we approached men. Yeah. Um, film, but yeah. ultimately, that's a film that you need to be visually in a cinema watching it because you need it to wash or you need to be completely paying attention to it. You need to almost embrace it. If you're sitting and watching it at home, there is a, a sense of you do start looking elsewhere. And I think in the earth is a film you need to see in the cinema. Some of the trippy visuals would have been welcomed in the cinema, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, it, when you, in things like even like 2001, where it's, you know, you get all this kaleidoscope, it kind of hypnotises you in the cinema. Yeah. And, you know, when it stops, you're kind of 
startled Aye. almost. But at home, you're when you're at home, you don't get that. No, because you know there's a whole world around you. But in the cinema, there's there's the screen that that's your exactly. focal point. Um, I get you on that. This felt like Ben Wheatley making a film during COVID. It was during COVID, and Ben Wheatley had to make a film. Um, it does feel a bit like that, yes. Yeah, there wasn't a massive, massive budget on it. Doesn't feel like. No. Um, you can tell it's COVID restricted because of locations, actors, stuff like that as well. Um, and it does draw very heavily on every COVID trope movie we've seen in the last year and a half, I would say. A little bit, yeah. Possibly. It was a little bit like that. I agreed, yeah. Um, what's the, 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 the kind of main guy's name? What's his Joe? What's his name? Is it Joe something? Yeah, you're right. It's uh, Joe Fry. I've never been convinced by him. Mm. As I've seen him in a few things. And it always comes across as too comedic, funny looking to be taken seriously. If you know, really? I, mean, I, know I know you shouldn't, but... No, weirdly, because the one thing that I knew him from, because Jill loves a TV show called Trolleyed, it was sort of like a, basically like superstore in Britain, so like yeah. it's all set like a, like a Morrison's type store, and he was mm. sort of like the idiot um, trolley boy, and role he played, he played the role very well, but to now see him in stuff like Cruella, and then see him in this, and see him like in Game of Thrones and stuff like that, feels like, yeah. really rebranded yourself, you know, and something. And, and but, it, but, but you always see the buffoon in yeah. so it's, it's a bit like, um, what's the fella's name, Adam somebody, the one that was in... Uh, modern parents and stuff like that. It was a boyfriend for Haley, remember? I don't ah, know. yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's like him, it's like you're trying so hard to break out of this, you know, I'm not just a buffoon, um, but mm-hmm. it's like, but I'm sorry, but, you know, that's... That's who that. we get yeah. Yeah, it's such a, Not everyone can do a Tom Hanks and, you know, totally change. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that was a big part of this film is all the way through. I really didn't buy into him as anything other than comic relief, and he mm-hmm. wasn't meant to be. So, you know, the bit of reaction and stuff like that, I was as much squirmy as it was because it's him. It's like, you know, it makes it almost funny as well. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I just thought it, th- there was just too many loose ends in it. They just never tied together, and it was, you know, it was throwing stuff in there that I'm like, why, why is that in there? What, what's the point in that? Um, and let's say it did feel like he'd watched the same documentaries I did with, with my son, and thought, you know, that would make cool subject matter. What can I do with that without knowing? Much about subject matter. To paraphrase <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, he, he didn't think about whether he could or yeah. should. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, 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 I actually enjoyed it a lot more than you. I think I gave it like a seven out of ten. But oh, I think you're probably going to give it a three or a four. Four. I gave it a four yeah. out of ten, um, and that was because some of the kind of gore and stuff for that was quite good, and some of the trippy effects were quite good. Had I seen it in the cinema, I might have got a higher score. I'm um, just saying because those those trippy bits would have sucked right in, and you know that would have you know messed with your head, and then just brought you back down again. Boom. Requires total attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. On to the last from the night, Colin. One that's also on Sky Cinema, but importantly. I think very important. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's a not Sky not Sky original. It's not a Sky <laughs> original. It's, uh, I don't think Clean was there, to be fair. Um, mm. This is a film, I think it's done big, sort of got good reviews at like Cannes and like mm. the Berlin Film Fest and stuff like that, but Sky bought it just um, to put yeah, on. I think, it, I think it won awards on, on the, the, the circuits. I think it maybe kind of picked up a few awards, Cannes. It did, I think so, yeah. So it's a film mm. called After Yang, directed by the director called Kogo Nada. Um, who I've not really seen much of his work. I've done a film called Columbus, um, which I think I have seen, but I'm, I'm scratching my brain trying to remember it. Um, and Pacquino, um, he done as well. I've not seen that one. Um, so, plot this one it's set in the near future where basically people have sort of like personal assistants that sort of like that look very much like people. And this family, um, mum, dad, and young girl. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah young girl. Um, they've got a, an assistant called Yang, and it's a friend, and the wee girl loves him, and all of a sudden Yang breaks. Yeah. Uh, so the dad has to go on a mission to try and get this to be fixed, um, but that's becoming a problem because there's lots of, you know, software issues and privacy issues. Um, well, getting it repaired, he starts to discover things about the previous lives that Yang has lived because Yang wasn't bought new, he was bought as sort of a yeah. refurbished. Uh, refurbished. Yeah, yeah. And he started to discover things about Yang's previous life and and what Yang meant to other people in, yeah. in, 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 its, in its lifetime. Um, and that's sense of the film. It's just sort of this almost yeah. road movie, but not really a road movie. Coming of age, but not really coming of age. But it's sort of yeah. Like, yeah. Um, in the film, you've got Colin Farrell playing the dad. Um, and we've got Jory Turner-Smith playing the mum. Malia, Emma, Traja, Dara, Ninja, Jaja. I, I love when you say names. Fucking hell. Read, look at an IMDb of the other spell of surname. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and Richie Costa also. Um, was a, was a, I'm not, she's a very good actress, but um, the name is like, my God. Um, but what we're going to get, talking about it before, Adrian Brody, an actor who probably doesn't know what to do with, Colin Farrell, man. Colin Farrell is probably one of the best actors working, and he is yeah, so underused. He's, he's all over the place, isn't he? He's, you know, one minute he's, he's in action movies, then he's in stuff like this, and then he's in, you know, fucking rom-coms almost. And, he's you know, in The Lobster, or he's in, like, sort of like, Killing a Sacred Deer. Then yeah, all, the remakes are fucking... Total Recall stuff, you, you Aye, know, like, it's Bullseye and and Bill, during Daredevil stuff. He, he's he's everywhere, and uh, yeah, Hollywood just doesn't know what to do with Colin Farrell at all. Thankfully, Colin Farrell seems to figure out what he wants to do, which I think is yes, great. Um, yeah, he makes some smart. He's, he's at his best when he's doing stuff like this. I think he's at his best. So yeah, stuff like this and the Lobster, it's, it's smart choices. It's him thinking, you know, like they don't know what they want me to do. I want to do this. I'll pick this role because I want to do it. Yeah, that, yeah. that's Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah. If he does five of these types of films and then does one Total Recall, I think you can forgive the Total Recall. If that pays yeah. his bill to do this stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. On that, I think I think it's a very lovely, sweet, very poignant film. It honestly, has has sat with me ever since I watched it. Like I've, I've sort of ran it. Um, the same, yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect at all going into this. Um, because you you'd recommended it um to me, um, and I, I'd never heard of it at all. No. I seen it on Sky, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a watch. And yeah, I've been thinking about it since I watched it on uh tuesday night and since i've been going over my head since then yeah 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 can you make the, the director and the production team they make a very believable world yeah because it's you know, set and it doesn't say when but it's like in a near future yeah like say 30 years and yeah, it feels yeah. real which i thought yeah. was amazing it looked, and it feels just, it's just a, it's a lovely production to put together which i think is a big part of it why i liked it yeah um, and it touches on some really universal things, you know, yeah, about, yeah. you know, like, you know, memory and being remembered and the guy's dealing with, you know, it seems like he's a workaholic and his family sort of you know, kind of ignored him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it just feels a little bit like it touches on, even though it's a set in the future film, the future elements of it are almost completely... You can you know, see how that's where we'll be in 20, 30 years' time. Yeah, totally yes. get it. Um, I, I would say, and I don't like using comparisons, but it, it, the closest thing to this that, that in terms of kind of tone and stuff like that is Bicentennial Man. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Absolutely yeah. agree with that. It, it, sort of, it touches on the same kind of stuff of like just yeah. living forever. Um, yeah. You know, what is it to be human, almost? Um, yeah, that's like, it. That's, that's the point. Like, is Yang, because there's a whole point in it that, that Yang has probably been more of a father to... The daughter, the daughter the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, he he's that brought in humanity better than his. Yeah, so basically the robots brought in to be, you know, a kind of brother to because they've adopted an Asian daughter, they they're white, their daughter's Asian. Mm. So he's an Asian robot, um, you know, and he becomes almost the big brother to her. Do you know what I mean? And caretaker and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just you know, in terms of that, and it's like you know, he, he's a robot, but then they discover, you know, he's been programmed to take 
snapshots every you know a couple of hours you know like take a photo of a memory and, uh-huh. and you know that's you know does that make them human and stuff like that and uh-huh. dude it, it got me thinking like crazy you know by the end of it i was i was what, what got me was um I, I don't think this is a story i don't think it is but a lot of you know when they're doing the overdub so you know you'll see the memories that they're talking and you'll hear two voices talking yes or, or a double voice and it's like what I got from that was um, that's his memory, but that's became your memory. So if you remember that and that's your memory, does that make him human? Do, do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like that, it, it goes deep, man. Yeah. Just when you start thinking about it, it, you know, it gets under your skin and you start putting these layers and layers and layers into it, and it's it crawled right under my skin did in a big, big way. Yeah. No, I agreed. I'm with you. And like, yeah, cast are all excellent. Yeah. The only negative I say is Julie Turner Smith, who I think is a wonderful actress. Is she the wife? She's a wife. Yeah. Sidelined a little bit more. Like, I like to see an actress of that ability. She'd given more to do, I think. Um, yeah, she was kind of confined to you know you at home. Um, yeah, yeah, she wasn't really kind of involved in the journey. Ah, she was involved not, in the story. Yeah. She's like an antagonist in the story a little yeah, bit. Yeah, at times, yeah, it felt yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But other than that, I, I would describe it when I was talking to somebody else. Where I said it's like a reverse Black Mirror. Yeah. Because ultimately it's quite hopeful in comparison to everything in Black Mirror. Definitely. Um, And Colin Farrell's performance, at first I was like, is he doing the lobster again? But then... After twenty minutes, you're like, no, he's 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 not doing the lobster again. Um, you know, he's there's you know a performance subtle, really really subtle what he's doing, but by the end of it, when it starts to wrap up, you, you get it, man, and your heart just starts to tear. I mean, you're like, fuck, man, he's yeah. fast robbing with this one. They really did. Um, yeah. Also, one of the best dance numbers I've seen for a long time as well. That was that was <laughs> again that felt almost. It's not been the guy doing the lobster. That felt almost straight out of his like the lobster or the. But it was. Just but imagine that film without that. How yeah. heavy that film would weigh on you without that kind of moment of levity. Do you know what I mean? Just yes. to you know, just take you out that fucking because it is heavy. You know, the, oh, it's the, very the, heavy it, throughout. Yes, it, it's a chewy, chewy film. Do you know what I mean? And I think you need that wee kind of moment of levity just to fucking give you something to look back on and think, oh yeah, the film with the dancing, and then mm. that triggers, oh fuck yeah, and it was also about this and this happened and that happened and stuff like that. Um, so I think maybe that's, I don't know if that's why they've done it, but I like to think that's why yeah. they've done it. Um, Richie Costa was also good as well. I enjoyed that. I liked him as well, yeah. yes. Yeah, he was a dick in it. Um, but it was fucking sad, dude. I was not expecting a sad film. And no. honestly, I was like proper like, I went to bed, not in a downer, but proper, like, you know, I, feeling I, I, profound. Do you know yeah, you feel, you feel, it's like someone said something to you that sort of just like opens up the gates of enlightenment, and you're kind of going, oh. Yeah, yeah, you just, once you get thinking about it, you do, and you, you know, you start to think, you know, but he's a robot, and then, no, he's not a fucking, Aye. do you know what I mean? And you're like, shit, it's like, you know, it's what, it, the, best, it's what, it's what the best sci-fi can do. You know, yeah. sci-fi doesn't all have to be about aliens and bomb and, you know, ray guns. It can be about where humanity is going and what human what it means to be human. You know, Philip K. Dick knew that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's making you question your humanity in some ways. Yeah, definitely. You know, that um, makes it interest. The girl in it, the the other girl in it, what was her name? Um, the blonde hair woman. That might be the Malia Emma woman, I believe. She she was outstanding. Her character and just what she meant to. Um, you know the, the the kind of robot as well. That 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 was just like fucking hell, man. That was heartbreaking. The proper exactly. proper. I was honestly, this film got me in a way I did not. I, I went in expecting nothing and just came out like, pure, what the fuck have I just watched? Um, yeah, it felt a real shame that this film has sort of disappeared under the radar. Yeah, totally. And because 
it's a Sky original. It, it's only going to be able to have Sky that are going to see it. And like me and you, there, there are going to be other folk out there that have watched so many Sky movies, they're going to be like, nope, not going to no, even touch I'm, it. And it's not going to get... This is one that I would have loved to have seen in cinema. Oh, um, God, yeah. This would have just, you know... This would have one that me and you would have just walked out of the cinema and just blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? Just back and forward for about 10 minutes, you know, going down the elevators and stuff like that, all the way up the doors, you know, just talking about it and stuff like that. I can um, imagine I've seen this on, like, a Tuesday after work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, just, boom, you know, we've got to talk about this. And I watched it quite late at night, and as I say, after I watched it, I was straight to bed, and my mind was just churning, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just thinking about it, and, and like, even, like... Today, do you know what I mean? It's, it just pops in there, and you're like, yeah. "Shit, man, that that film affected me in a way that yeah. I, it was completely honest. definitely not expecting when I was putting yeah, it on." Yeah, absolutely not. So well done, great, great film. Yeah, um, I, I gave it a, a seven out of ten. I gave it so solid, solid, solid seven. Um, it did kind of now and again. There was some unnecessary lingering shots that it, it could have done me a. I wouldn't even say ten minutes, like seven or eight minutes trimmed off it just to. Tied it up. I did. Right oh, a lot Yeah, on, on occasion. Um, but in terms of concept and how it was shot and and you see the world it built and the sets and the acting and stuff like that, it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Wonderful movie. So yes, we will think after Young might be our film of the week. Oh, def- do definitely film film of the week. Um, it's one of those ones we'll recommend it to people knowing that they won't fucking watch it. No one will watch it, yes. Um, and it will disappear in, in five years' time, and you'll go, remember that film? And yeah. we'll be the only ones that remember that film. Can I, can I, can I film, if you ever met Colin Farrell and everyone else wants to talk to him about, you know, Total Recall, we'd want to talk to him about after Yang. Yeah, and the lobster, we'd be the able lobster, to do these, <laughs> you know, this, this is what you've done for us, you know, with these yeah. two films. And, and I don't know if Colin will be like, well, thanks, guys, we've got Fuck idiots, you know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> but no, the exact same as you. It's just really, really stuck with me, and it has made me think about I me as a person. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like my. Yeah. But as I say, all those layers. Um, and the more I think about it, I find more and more layers to it, and it's fucking annoying me. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like Maybe. fucking hell. Um, yeah. you know I'm starting to think about shit like you know like. If I look at a photo of me, you, Jill and Lorraine out somewhere, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, does that make it, you know, your memory, my memory? Stuff like that, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, that's how under my skin it's got, is, you know, it's fucking mental. Absolutely mental. Um, there you go. I'm watch you like it. Whoever, if there's one person listening to this, watch. Who watches after yeah, Yank because of us. Watch, I'll be, I'll be it, watch this one movie and, yeah, I, yeah I, I'd quite happily never podcast again. If, if, you know, if I got that result from it, I'd be like, yeah, job done. Drop the mic, walk away. Um, brilliant film, so well done. Well done. Right, so that's us for this week. Next week we've got well, I haven't been able to find out what's on because we're doing this on a Thursday, so I haven't been able to check Netflix, Amazon, and such. Mm. I'm sure we've got stuff out, but I've not had a chance to find out. I can't even Google it because there's no one really that has a good list of what? what's getting released when on the streaming service. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. So I'm sure there will be stuff out on Netflix and Amazon and Paramount and Apple TV and all these places. Um, when I find out what it is, Colin, I'll give you a text and let you know we can watch one of them. But in the mm. cinema, Hopefully, I will get and see stuff this week, but the puppy has calmed down. I have got time to go to cinema now. Um, we've got um, Emily, which is a film about Emily Bronte, which I don't yep. think you're going to go and see. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> um, fair enough. <laughs> um, you have also got Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, which I think you're very intrigued which to see. Which I want to see. My kids, don't, but my kids don't want to see this, which is maybe really sad, because I'm like, I need a reason to go and see this. And I'm, do you know yeah. what I'm at the point? And I'm like, fuck you, I'll go. Dude, me and you went to see Jade and the Hogg, I'm together. We don't need reason to go and see these kind of films. We go because we care. 
Yes, that, exactly. And we love that's why I'll go and uh, see it because of that, yeah. And also this week, probably the biggest release this week, the ones that got the most screens, maybe, maybe, maybe not, is um, Halloween Ends. Mm, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the final conclusion of the final conclusion of the final conclusion <laughs> of the Halloween film that probably isn't really... Yeah, do you care conclusion. anymore? Do, do you, I don't know if I can. I've not really enjoyed this last trilogy, to be honest, all of them. The first one, Halloween, was all right. The last one, I thought, was... Nah. Um, I think we both thought, yeah, we were that one. And this one, I'm, I'll go and see it because... But I did so we like horror films. It's Halloween season, and, you know, we've got three fucking cinema passes, do you know what I mean? So why not? But, yeah, yeah I'd, I'm not particularly... If I had to pay for it, I probably wouldn't. I'd, you know, wait to... I'd wait for, wait for streaming. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't really care about it that much, but I'll go and see it. Absolutely. Tell me what you find Colin. Uh, number three, Beers in a Movie on Gmail, Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter. And we're not... Do you know what? We're not on Gmail anymore. Fuck it, don't email us. Um, all the other places you can get in touch with us. Um, yeah, let us know what you thought about After Yang. There's one thing, anyone that's listening um, on Twitter, go, go to Twitter and let Richard know because I don't look at it anymore. Let Richard know what you thought after Yang. Um, that, that's the one thing we ask you of any passionate listeners that are out there. Let us know about after Yang. Um, do that, and I'll be so so happy. Um, I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.